0: Deborah. over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with such joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for the sponsor, Caligars. Kellygars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Roller Central over here, as these guys have Blunt and Keith Glue in seven different flavors joint rollers, Canagar packing kits, glass and wood tips, cones and cannons, blunt wraps, and so much more. If you want to step up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the brand new code CADABRA, that's C-A-D-A-B-R-A, to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. That's C-A-D-A-B-R-A at check Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that will get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I'm going to have to ask you to leave for now. But when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be talking with Marge, certified Gangier and creator of Bite Me, the show about edibles, to find out more about her passion for cannabis and her podcast. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Before we get started, I must know how you're doing today and what you're smoking on.
1: Well, Miss Kadabra, I am doing wonderful, in fact, and because I don't smoke too much during the day, I am enjoying a lovely Charlotte's Web CBD cultivar that was grown by a very good friend of mine.
0: Ah, nice. So you enjoy more CBD and CBG during the day?
1: Yeah, I tend to go for the higher THC cultivars and edibles in the evening when I'm relaxing and all my responsibilities are done for the day. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't get much done.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I completely understand that. Uh, So with the edibles, do you infuse like CBD
1: edibles as well? I do. I do. Actually, most of the edibles I make are THC infused because that's what I tend to go for in the evenings but i do both mm. yeah okay
0: so can you please introduce yourself for the lovely folks at home
1: yes of course my name is marge and i am the host of bite me the show about edibles i'm also a panel member on the high and homegrown podcast i do their sunday live streams and those episodes go out during the week and i'm also a certified gangier
0: ah nice yes i happen to listen to the high on homegrown podcast pretty often because i before moving to colorado i was always trying to get like more insight on just growing mm-hmm. until i found out like oh my goodness there's so many different types of soils and it's complicated and i think i just ruined plants <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so interesting to listen to you Right. it's a
1: great group of guys yeah Yeah, it's a great group of guys. They get a lot of great guests on there. Unfortunately, I don't make a lot of the interviews because they happen during the week when I'm working on my own thing. But uh, definitely, if you need to learn anything about growing your own cannabis, it's a great show to tune into.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm probably going to tune back in more now that I'm in Colorado and I can get my hands on some clones, maybe try to experiment a little bit.
1: Yeah, why not? It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah but uh so tell us about bite me the show about edibles
1: yeah so bite me the show about edibles is a show that i started a few years ago because i found that edibles was really what kind is my preferred way to consume cannabis and it wasn't always like that but it's turned out to be that way at this stage of my life and i also happen to be a real podcast consumer so It was like a match made in heaven, and it's basically geared to the edibles enthusiast of all levels. So whether you're just starting out, you've never made an edible before, or you've been doing this for a long time, there's something for everyone with recipes that I cover on the show and episodes. Usually those are like the episodes I do by myself, and they're maybe about 20 minutes, so you can slip them in between your other favorite podcasts. Mm -hmm. And then I also do a lot of interviews as well. And that's something I really enjoy doing because as I'm sure, you know, podcasting can be a lonely game sometimes. So (laughs) having somebody to talk to is wonderful. And I've learned a lot just by talking to other people who are extremely knowledgeable in edibles or other areas of cannabis as well.
0: Yeah, that's one um, area of cannabis that I'm interested in, but I'm now more recently getting into just because I wasn't very familiar with infusing my own, especially since the um, products to get it in Arkansas were a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to risk mixing it, wasting it. And I've made a couple batches of cookies that turned out all right, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't anything that I'd take to like a a baking competition.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, there's there's a bit of a learning curve to it, but it's not nearly as intimidating as most people think. I'm sure you found that it probably wasn't that hard in the end, but dialing it in so it can be something you feel like taking or giving to friends and family, that takes a little bit more time.
0: Yeah, for me, it was a matter of getting the consistent dosing dosing per cookie because a lot of the way I was mixing it, it was getting a lot of the potency towards, I guess, the top of it where it was getting stuck at the top to the oils and not mixing all the way through.
1: Right. And that's always the concern with anybody really at any level when you're making edibles is the dosing because you don't want to give something to somebody and have them green out or have a bad time, yeah. like, they're not going to appreciate that gift if, if that's what happens. So dosing is always really important. Yeah, I don't want to make
0: somebody um, upset with me, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what have been some of your most favorite topics that you discussed on the show or topics that you're excited to discuss in the future?
1: Uh, I would say that I really like talking about the different infusion techniques with people who have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, or chefs, culinary cannabis experts, there's always different ways to infuse or decarb um, that I find really interesting, and then talking about flavor profiles, and I would really like to get into more in the future talking about terpenes. I have, you know, touched on that a little bit on the show more recently, but You know, food pairing and terpenes and palate training are all things that kind of interest me as well, which kind of leans towards more the culinary cannabis side, I guess, which is growing in a lot of places as legalization becomes more prevalent.
0: Yeah, a lot more places are starting to get familiar with the terpene game, trying to get more educated on the particular strains they have and just have that knowledge because otherwise we're finding out that indica and sativa really aren't doing much for us at this point.
1: Right, yes. It's not really a great way to distinguish between the different cultivars that somebody's going to enjoy. In fact, it's a really poor way.
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, the easiest way to distinguish if I'm going to get something is based off of the smell.
1: Right. Well, that's what they say, right? The nose knows. I mean, that applies to a lot of different things beyond cannabis. But when you open that jar and you smell something, you're like, oh, that's so good. You're probably going to enjoy it versus if you open it up and you're like, you gross. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, like, the nose. Like no. You
0: open it up and you're just kind of like, eh, like it's not going to probably not have that standout effect for you. But right. um, what I've learned, or at least what I was told and kind of experience myself when I was getting the, my med card a couple years ago, the doctor said that probably after the first three to six months of trying all these different strains and smelling them and getting a feel for the different terpenes, you'll start realizing what type of scents you lean more towards, whether they're more creamy, sweet, fruity, different things like that, or skunky.
1: Right. Yes, and I find that that makes it like it makes it more interesting, I think, when you're basing your preferences on various terpenes versus whether it's just an indica or sativa. I mean, that's just too black and white, I suppose, whereas the terpenes it just makes it more interesting mm-hmm. and a, a fun adventure to figure out, too.
0: Yeah, there just needs to be a little bit more information out there, I guess across the board consistently of as far as the terpene information so that way people are more likely to go towards that because they're some of my favorite strains that I've gotten here, no turquing information anywhere that I've looked.
1: Right, yeah, I think that's starting to change though. It's slowly, I mean, I feel like in the consumer side in retail, it's still very much distinguished by Indica Sativa, but that is changing, thankfully. Yeah, either
0: Indica Sativa or the THC level.
1: Yes, that's also a big one too, where it's just like, just give me the highest THC stuff that you can find, but that's not often what, makes for good weed so yeah so why does cannabis mean so much to you i suppose cannabis has been sort of one of those constants throughout my life i mean i've i've sort of i started smoking cannabis when i was a teenager and i have to admit much to the disappointment of my parents but <laughs> ever since then it's been a part of my life in one way shape or form i have taken breaks you know throughout the years here and there but i've always come back to it and it helps me relax it helps me with the aches and pains it makes me happy and i've seen it help so many people in so many different ways as well and it's one of those plants that's useful for so many different things i mean i just uh, covered an article for the high and homegrown show last week where they were talking about a student center they built in the university at the university of british columbia using hempcrete and so you can use cannabis for making hemp for clothing for like, it's just so versatile and so interesting. And I feel like I can study this plant for a lifetime and still keep learning new things. So it's endlessly exciting and there's so much to learn and it makes me feel good.
0: All right. So they made the entire building out of hempcrete?
1: Well, it wasn't the entire building, but all the portions that were, that they would use concrete for, Mm -hmm. they use this hempcrete, which is very similar in texture to concrete.
0: Yeah, I did not know and people it, were building with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And apparently it's got a high insulation value, it's fireproof, and it's got a low-carbon footprint as well because it's coming from, you know, the the waste product of the hemp industry.
0: Yeah, so that reduces the amount of waste that's, well, going to waste.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's another way to to use that, though, other, otherwise. I don't know what they do with it. I think it goes to a landfill. I have no idea. But... Yeah, it's uh, just another great way of another way to use the plant for positive purposes. Very
0: interesting. I'm going to have to look into that some more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what impact do you hope to make with Bite Me?
1: I hope to help people discover the joys of making their own edibles. I feel like sometimes that people approach it from this perspective that it's really intimidating and it's hard to do, and if they're not a baker, then they can't do it but I hope to show them that you don't have to be some prolific baker or cook or anything like that. It's pretty simple to do and it allows you to take control of your high life. So I find homemade edibles are usually way less expensive to make than anything you would buy in a dispensary. They're usually healthier from the perspective that you can choose what ingredients go into your edibles. And usually when you make edibles too, you end up with a batch of something instead of just like going like here in can i'm in canada and you go to a dispensary and a 10 milligram edible that's that's the max per package so one package will have one edible in it and i can make a batch of cookies and end up with two dozen that i can you know save freeze them give them away to friends and family that kind of thing so there's just so much versatility and there's so many things you can infuse i just hope to show people the gamut of what's available out there when it comes to making their own edibles?
0: Okay, yeah. um, I was about to say here in Arkansas. I'm not there anymore. But in Arkansas, uh, they had like a milligram limit as well for their edibles that was 10 milligrams. There were some companies getting around it by making like multi-dose packaging gummies. But for the most part, you're only supposed to have a single dose packaging, 10 milligrams. And when I got here, I noticed that... It's no milligram cap, especially in the medical market. You see things like at a minimum of a hundred milligrams and then it goes up to I think a
1: thousand. Is that per package? It's per package. Right. So they can have multiple, like you could have a, a package of a bunch of gummies in it. Um that would total a hundred milligrams or something like that. Is that sort of how it would yeah, work? Yeah.
0: Um, well kinda with like they have It's not gummies. They have a whole bunch of different things. Like they have drinks, uh, the single serving, which is 100 milligrams. They've got, um, I asked the lady if this was a low dose. And she said, um, according to her, it was, but they had a 250 milligram syrup.
1: She said two hundred fifty milligrams. is a low dose. Yeah, I was like, "What do you mean?
0: Uh, that sounds multi-dose. <laughs> crazy." Because I was like, Does that-?
1: "I mean, for some people, sure. For some people, two hundred fifty milligrams might be considered a low dose, but I would say for the average person, that would put them on their ass." Yeah, like for three days, <laughs> it would for me anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like not, I couldn't couldn't be me
0: because I was asking if it was multi dose. She's like, "No, single dose." I I don't know about yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very high dose in my opinion, yes. but yeah. Yeah, but there's certainly drawbacks to having like 10 milligrams per package because I mean I bought some edibles the other day from the store and there was four gummies in the package, but that means they're 2.5 milligrams. Oh wow! And 10 10 milligrams doesn't usually do anything for me, but I was just wanting to test them out and try them for flavor and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really does limit, and it gets really expensive too. It means I have to buy two packages in order to sort of get to my closer to my preferred dose and again i can make my own edibles and it's way more cost effective yeah. and fun
0: all right so do you let's like when you make your edibles you prefer using shake do you use concentrates what is your main go-to
1: i would say for the most part i'm using like shaker trim because i do grow my own cannabis so if i'm you know taking down a plant, then I have all this shake and trim to use. And it's a, a way to use something that would otherwise be thrown out or put in the compost. I have used concentrates before. Those can be really effective because it's they're just really high dose and they work really well for things like candy and that kind of thing. Mm. And uh, I also, because I use a dry herb vaporizer, I use the already vaped bud. So that stuff that you vaped and you take out of your vaporizer when you're done, that's already decarbed cannabis that you can use in infusions. So I use that as well. Okay. So there's a few different places I'm getting my, my plant material from. Okay. I tried collecting a whole bunch of decarbed plant
0: material that way. I can mm-hmm. about a good couple grams of it. And then I just, I was, I couldn't do like a whole ounce of that collecting as slow as I was going through it. So I just ended up smoking, it in a blunt and calling it a day. But yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it yeah, I should take a bit of time to save it up. But I mean, if you're using already vaped buttons from flour, you don't necessarily need a whole ounce. It's probably better to start off with a little lower. I mean, depending on your tolerance, but if you're not unsure of what it is, it's probably better to start with a little less anyway. Okay. Yeah. So how do you promote your show? a few different ways i mean i find podcast discoverability is still a thing that a lot of podcasters are working on but a lot of it's through word of mouth mouth word of mouth through current listeners uh, i'm on social media i should probably be more active there but i find them you know i need to work on that but uh primarily instagram uh talking to other podcasters like you trying to think of what else I think that's about it.
0: Okay so have you found any methods that have been particularly successful?
1: Uh, I would say between word of mouth talking to other podcasters and having you know guests on my show those are probably some of the best ways Instagram and other social media is okay but um, maybe not my preferred method mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Talking to real people I find is always is always good. I have a
0: really hard time talking to people in person about my podcast. It's right. because I always try to have that disconnect from my professional life and the podcast to where now that I'm here I'm trying to like emerge more and I'm still very shy. <laughs> right. It's really hard for me to just kinda like start a conversation about it. I kinda don't want to force it down people's throats
1: yeah and that's fair i don't like to do that either i'm not like introducing myself being like hey i'm marge i'm from bite me podcast or whatever so you know because not everybody gets it not everybody's into podcasts either but you know i mean if you're at a cannabis event that might be a good place or just talking to other podcasters like we're doing right now Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so far i've been just going around to all the different dispensaries and just dropping off a couple business cards here and there and just saying hello
1: that's a great idea, because there are obviously people who are into weed, so they'd be into your content, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, definitely seen some success there. So what kind of segments do you do on the show, if any?
1: I try and do segments. I do, sometimes I do reviews when I get those in. I um, could always use more reviews, though, people, if anyone does ever listen to my show and feels compelled. Uh, I like to do stories when those come in. Um, cannabis facts and quotes are something I've done most recently. And I'm also starting a new segment called weed words. And I've had some fun submissions for that. And it's basically people sharing their favorite cannabis slang term because there have been hundreds of recorded slang terms for cannabis from around the world. And it's always interesting to hear what, how people speak about cannabis wherever they're from. Yeah. So that's been a fun segment. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to tune into that because there's a. I know there's a whole bunch of different ways, but typically you only hear about the like uh, basic ones, like ganja, weed, cannabis. Like there's not much variety that you hear about it on mainstream. Besides that, so it's always interesting to hear locally what people call it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's been pretty
0: interesting. Okay. So, what's been some of the most memorable experiences that you've had from your show?
1: I would have to say memorable experiences i feel like anytime i get an email from a listener that's always memorable to me because i feel like it just tells me that somebody's listening and enjoying what i'm doing because i'm sure as you might find that again podcasting can be a kind of a lonely a lonely uh business if you will and it's just nice to know that somebody's out there appreciating what you're doing And then beyond that i would say having guests on my show i find really memorable and most recently i had madame cannoli on my show i'm not sure if you're familiar with her but she's the wife of the late frenchie cannoli and we had such a great conversation and you know those types of episodes really really get me in the feels they warm my heart because it was just it was fun to record it and put it out and And I learned a lot from talking to her too. So it was a great episode.
0: Okay. So I haven't actually checked out that episode. I'm tuned in the the couple times she's been on high on homegrown though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was just pretty recently actually. Yeah. I think just a couple weeks ago. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So have you had any issues initially getting your show off the ground?
1: Uh, Not really, I just find that it's one of those things that's a a really niche podcast, so it takes time to grow and I just, I'm just being patient and I keep doing my thing. Um, But other than that, I'm pretty satisfied with where I'm at and how things are going. It's a process. Again, podcast discoverability, from what I understand, is more challenging than perhaps YouTube or other types of media. But Podcasting is also really growing in popularity as time goes on. So I just feel like any podcaster out there who's working away, just keep at it because there are people out there who like what you're doing. Yeah,
0: you just keep working at it. You'll have a nice catalog so that way people can binge it by the time they come around to find you the show.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So do you have any advice you want to share with fellow content creators who make podcasts?
1: Absolutely. So I think the biggest one and maybe this is a little cliche, but I'd heard it so many times before and it didn't make sense until I started my own show. And that was be consistent. And when I first started the show, I was putting out episodes every couple of weeks or something like that. It, it there wasn't really a, a strict schedule or anything. And then like a couple months after I started, I got my first email from a listener who was just like, I love what you're doing. And it was after that that I started putting out episodes every week and committing to that to a more strict uh, episode release schedule. And that helps your audience not only come to expect episodes, but it forces you to adhere to a deadline as well. So I haven't missed an episode in almost four years. Wow. I find that that consistency helps your audience and it also helps yourself and it really makes a big difference in in the work that you're doing.
0: Yeah, I've missed a, a couple episodes here and there, usually from, uh, I forget to hit upload before I go to sleep, and then I wake up the next right. morning, and I'm just
1: like, oh shit, but. Uh, I've done stuff like that too, because I have something that will schedule my episodes, and remember um, one time I scheduled it and accidentally hit like the next year instead of oh. the next week or whatever I was trying to do, and then it didn't go out, I'm like, what's going on? But yeah, I mean, shit happens, but yeah, consistency is, does make a big difference.
0: Yeah, that's uh, something I'm trying to ramp up my consistency a little bit more now. I mean, I've always tried to have at least one episode come out per week. But Mm -hmm. um, with the move and everything and the time change, it was getting a little confusing trying to schedule guests because I was everybody that I had scheduled from like a couple months prior was now like an hour behind. So I had to readjust my entire day for like the first couple weeks.
1: Right. And anytime you move too, I mean, that's just a big upheaval in your life as well. That, you know, sometimes you have to focus on getting the move done, getting unpacked and settled before you can keep going.
0: Yeah, I um, had some episodes batch recorded. So they were just going out in the meantime while I was moving. But it was just once I got back into recording, I wasn't quite ready when I started back up yet. I hadn't set up my my studio yet, didn't have all the the nice sound panels and everything. So was kind of just recording out of the closet again.
1: (laughs) Right. I try and do that, too, when I can, like have like recordings uploaded and ready to go mm. but i go through phases where i'm like not doing that and then i'm kind of recording the ep- week's episode that same week or or if i'm really organized it just depends on what's going on in my life and i'm sure it's the same for you like you said when you're just moving and setting up and getting settled yeah having those uh, recordings in the can as we like to say uh, doesn't always work but
0: yeah it just kind of depends it, it works um depending on what time of year it is, what adventure yeah. going through. But what I recommend to um, listeners out there who have their own podcast, if you're in the middle of a big life transition, I don't don't do what I did. Just just take a break from it. It would be easier on you.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really good advice. And then you have less to stress about because then you're not like, "Oh my god, I have to get this other stuff done when you're trying to deal with big life happenings."
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm in the middle of like a thousand mile trip and I've got to m- make sure this episode's coming out at 11 o'clock tonight.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Hey everybody, it's Cadaver from Smoke to Smoke. Before we get back into today's episode, I want to give you all the 411 on a company with great Delta-8 and rare cannabinoid products that can be delivered right to your door. If you're looking for some high-quality rare cannabinoid products, look no further. My boys at Moonwalker have got you covered. If you're looking for a wide range of quality rare cannabinoid tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even gummy sampler packs for you to try out just a taste of some of their delicious cannabinoid treats before committing to a bottle, check out Moonwalker. Don't forget to use the code Smoke2Smoke four 420 to save some cash next time you wanna stock up your stash. Again, that's S-M-O-K-E-T-O S M O K E 420 to save a little bit off on me. It mean a lot. Before we get back to today's episode, we got to take a quick smoke break. Since I had the pleasure of chatting with Marge on today's show, I got inspired to try some infusion myself with the help of a herbal chef stovetop infuser I picked up a few weeks back. I've made some pretty potent mini muffins using the guidance of Marge's resources on her website that I'll be sure to link in the show notes, and in addition to a video I found on YouTube on how to actually use the stovetop infuser made by a can of content creator named Hemp Relations. I'll be sure to link that as well. So now, without further delay, I want to talk about this strain I ended up choosing to infuse into my muffins. So if you're ready, let's light up and talk about some Oreos. Oreos, also known as Oreo cookies, is a potent indica-dominant hybrid strain made by crossing secret weapon with cookies and Cream. The effects produced from this high are said to be long lasting and wildly relaxing, making it a fantastic choice for high tolerance Indica lovers. Oreos has a very robust flavor reminiscent of diesel and chocolate with a delicious nutty note to it. The high begins with a boost of cerebral effects, filling your mind with an uplifted sense of happiness and instantly washing away negative thoughts and racing thoughts as well. As your mind flies higher and higher and your happiness expands, you'll be slammed with a very heavy case of the munchies and a light physical high that helps you relax while you snack. The effects of this strain, combined with its 20-33% to 33% THC level on average, make Oreos an ideal choice for medical can consumers looking to relieve symptoms associated with appetite loss, insomnia, chronic stress, and depression. The dominant terpenes and Oreos is caryophyllene followed by limonene and myrcene. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now, let's get back to the episode. But before we go, I had some more fun questions just so the listeners could get to know a little bit more about you.
1: Sure. So, what's your favorite strain? oh my favorite strain that's always such a difficult question because i feel like it changes a lot but right now i am smoking a lemon thai kush that i absolutely love
0: Ooh, okay is that like a um a brighter strain more of an energizing or is yes it kept... it is. yes I,
1: I can't smoke it too late at night or it'll keep me up <laughs>
0: oh, okay okay interesting
1: so what's your favorite restaurant Uh, That was an interesting question because I am, uh, my daughter runs a restaurant and that would probably have to be my favorite. It's a little vegan gluten-free cafe. I'm not vegan myself, but the food there is fantastic. So I'm probably a little biased, but the Food Forest Cafe.
0: Okay. A little biased, but I like that answer. (laughs) So what's the best advice you've ever heard?
1: That would have to be the advice that you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And I find that that advice has served me well many times throughout my life. It's not always easy to not react to things that are happening to you at the time. But if you can, it really helps you stay the course and not get swayed by whatever bullshits going on around you. Mm
0: taking a few steps back to try to decompress from the situation and understand not everything's happening to you it's just kind of happening around you you just got to go with the flow right which is something that i can say easily but i am really bad about um following myself i've got i've definitely gotta (laughs) gotta ease it up a little
1: bit yeah and i mean sometimes it's easier than other times too Mm -hmm. like it is great advice but sometimes Depending on where your head, your head space is, it can be more difficult to adhere to. But when I can and when I do, I'm usually rewarded by the effort. Definitely. So what are your three favorite
0: ways to get stoned?
1: Well, this probably comes as no surprise, but edibles would be my preferred way to consume. Oh. And beyond that, I would have to say my dry herb vaporizer. And then I do occasionally like to smoke a pipe
0: Okay, so you mentioned this dryer vaporizer. Do you have like a DynaVap? What type of device do you have?
1: I do, actually. I have a DynaVap. So I have two. I use a DynaVap and I use a Pax Vaporizer. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is there like a big difference between the two of them? Because I've never had one at that price point. I kind of cheaped out on one, was really disappointed and and didn't.
1: They're very different, actually. So it depends on the experience that I'm looking for. So the Pax is a very small, sleek um electric vaporizer you just press the button it heats up your cannabis and then you're ready to go it's really nice I find it has good battery life and it serves me very well the Dynavap on the other hand is more of an analog vaporizer if you will so you need like a a lighter like a torch lighter in order to light the cap and you hear it click And then that's when you know it's been heated to the appropriate temperature. It's really cool actually. And if you're outdoors or camping or doing something where you're not gonna be able to, you don't wanna worry about charging your vaporizer, um, it's a great little device and virtually indestructible too. So I think it's made out of like stainless steel or something. Sure, the the folks at DynaVap are probably, um, I'm not sure how they're going to feel about my little testimonial here, but they are great. They're made in the States. Uh, So it just depends on the experience that I'm going for. Sometimes I feel like I want a more tactile, hands on experience. And other times I just, you know, if it's been a long day, I just want to, you know, turn on the packs and go that way.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So how long have you been making edibles? Oh, God. Uh, I'd have to say going on six to eight years, maybe. I mean, the podcast has been around for four, so it was definitely before that. My memory's not that great, but <laughs> yeah, for a number of years for sure. Okay.
0: So, what are your favorite cannabis podcasts to listen to in your free time?
1: Oh, uh, there's a few because I, like I mentioned earlier, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, there's one out of Canada called the Cannabis Podcast. He's out of BC. He does a great job reviewing like the Canadian cannabis industry. And he has a cool cultivar cultivar corner where he tests out uh, weed from the legal industry up here. Uh, The High Ladies podcast is another one I listen to. The Smoking Spot. I just recently discovered The Weed Witch, which has been a fun, a fun cannabis podcast. And I do listen to the interviews from High and Homegrown too when I can.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So you got a nice variety of cannabis podcasts. I've been looking for some more to listen to because I only listen to like the High Ladies, High on Homegrown, Reader Syndicate, uh, Smoking Out the Closet, and that's probably about it. I haven't been able to find many else.
1: Oh, there's another one too that I like to listen to as well is uh, Great Moments in Weed History. That's another one too. Yeah.
0: I hadn't listened to that one in a while just because I was waiting on episodes to build up since they are doing like a bi-weekly show now.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I just listened to their 420 episode and that one was pretty fun. Oh, okay. I got to check
0: that one out too. So what movie have you seen recently
1: that you would recommend and why? That was such a tough question because I feel like I've been watching a lot of shows lately and not so many movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But... There was one that I watched recently that stood out called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And it's such a sort of, it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but it was such an interesting movie and is definitely way outside the norm of what you would expect. And it plays with like time and space and all these fun things. And that was such a great movie. It really stood out because it was very different. And it has some great actors in it as well so i would highly recommend that and beyond that i'm i watch a lot of stand-up comedy when i'm stoned so (laughs) that's the other thing i like what i'm watching often
0: okay who are some comics you like
1: watching hmm everything that comes out (laughs) i mean jim gaffigan's probably a favorite he's more of a clean comic but he's pretty good Um, Mm i'm trying to think of who else i've seen recently I don't always remember the names of the comics. I just see ones that come out and I and I watch them. Uh, Lily Tomlinson, I think, was another one I've seen recently. Ricky Gervais. Uh, Russell Peters. He's a very well-known Canadian comic. Uh, Tom Segura is another favorite of mine. Bill Burr. There's all kinds. There's so many great comics out there right now. And as soon as somebody puts out a special, I'm probably watching it
0: okay. I've been hoping that Hannibal Buress will put out a new special. Oh, been... he's so funny. Oh my god. Yeah. I watched one of his old specials like a couple nights ago. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I, I just smoked like a nice blunt, had right. some ice cream and was kicked back watching that and it was the best time.
1: That's like my favorite thing. One of my favorite things to do when I'm high is like to watch comedy. And Hannibal Buress was so good in um, Broad City. Did you ever watch that show? I didn't watch a lot of that show. No, oh, he had like a recurring. It was a smaller role, but a recurring mm-hmm. role in that show. And he was great. He was so funny in that show, too. Great comic. OK,
0: OK, okay. might have to check that out. I got oh, so many things to check out. You give me some good suggestions here. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: happy that I can help.
0: Of course. So finally, for my questions, can you tell the listeners at home
1: how to find and follow you online? Absolutely. So my show is Bite Me, the show about edibles. You can find that on all your favorite podcasting platforms. I have a website called Bite Me Podcast, and there's lots of things over there. Like I have a free dosing calculator and recipes and that kind of thing, and all of the show notes for my—I guess they're in the show notes for the uh, podcast players too. But if you want to go over to the website, they're there too. Uh, and that's at bitemepodcast.com. dot com. And then on the socials, it's pretty much Bite Me Podcast, and I'm most active on Instagram. All
0: right. Well, I will be sure to have everything linked in the show notes for listeners who are interested in going to check out your show after they tuned into this episode and thank you so much for joining me today
1: it was my pleasure miss cadabra i'm so glad that you invited me onto your show and we could spend some time together
0: of course and you can come back anytime if you want to uh give us a couple recipes maybe we could cook something together i'll get some shake we'll learn we'll, we'll learn together i'll try to try to figure something out but awesome. thank you so much yeah
1: of course well i will see you around Sounds
0: good. Hey, you. Do you have a question you want to ask or submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoke2smoke420 at gmo.com or send me a voice message on Spotify for podcasters please be sure to give the show a review and share the show at your next Smoke Sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, I've got some news and it's big, so gather your friends around. Guess what? Did you know that Smoke to Smoke finally has its own website now? It's been a process a few months in the making, but SmokeToSmokePodcast.com is finally ready for you to check out and get your fill of all things Smoke to Smoke Productions has to offer. All the episodes... My favorite and even some never-before-seen canna content I've created alongside the classic catalog of Anatomy of a Strain posts. And don't forget to follow the show's socials, smoke to smoke underscore podcast, for the latest updates when the episodes air and glimpses into my canna adventures and what I might be smoking on that day podcast is currently hardcore shadow ban on instagram so i've severely nuanced how often i post on there as to not get the account disabled you know better safe than sorry thank you for tuning in thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of smoke to smoke i hope y'all enjoyed it As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream. And don't forget, if you like this show, check out Bite Me, the show about edibles, on Spotify and everywhere else you stream your favorite shows so you can join in with Marge as she shares some of her favorite home-cooked culinary insight so that you, too, can make some fantastic edibles at home. Everything will be linked in the show notes. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Tuesday.